wish to die, please raise their hands. Heaven's Another Gate, thing? Oh, Pizza okay. Gate. What? What is um? A pedophile ring. Yes. <laughs> what? Pizza Gate was? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I think it's been debunked, but people still think it's a legit thing, and like everyone and anyone you can name is involved. Me? No, like political people, like the Obamas, mm. the Clintons, everybody, huh? It was everybody. everybody. It what, was wild. Why pizza? Because it was a pizza shop that you would go to and order a specific way. You know, you were ordering for a certain type of child. So you would say, I want a large pepperoni with no cheese. That meant like whatever kind of child. It's hot. Like the pizza's hot, like probably yeah. from the oven. Um, wasn't there like a scandal with like um furniture? Yeah. Um well, Wayfair. Had, Wayfair. Mm-hmm. They had um like a couch was like twenty thousand dollars. But and you were buying a kid. You were buying a kid. And there was like clues in the picture of what kind of kid you were getting and stuff. <laughs> was that debunked? I'm pretty sure it was debunked, right? It yeah. Yeah. I don't think that price is way fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Wait, are we recording? Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> it's Cancel. okay. Okay. Any more conspiracy questions? I, I'm like the conspiracy. She's the conspiracy queen. queen. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Nightmares and Chill. She is one years old. She's one. Isn't that crazy? It is. We it's... started this journey over a year ago now. Yeah, March 13th, right? Is when we released the episode, but when we recorded it, we recorded it in February. Mm-hmm. Like a month in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, because we wanted to release it on a Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. And now we're big celebrities. You know, we're killing it. Eric is rolling in the dough. Rolling in the dough. We've made him so much money. Yeah. We both bought mansions in we um, both bought, Brentwood. We both bought mansion, um. Lamborghini. No, no um, um, Rolls Royces. Rolls Royces. <laughs> I bought a pink one. Jen bought a black one. That fits. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome back to a podcast where we take one iconic horror movie and one true crime story and, and we, we bring, bring them together. together. One year and we finally got it down. Wow, I don't think we've finally. been saying that within the last couple episodes, that little intro. Oh, how sad. That's like our thing. I know. We'll, we'll bring it back. New year, new, new slogan. Us. Welcome to a podcast where we talk about, oh, I don't even know what I was going to say. I think I was going to th- say talk about butts, mm. but then I said a butt. Love that chicken from Pop. We're not sponsored. By oh, them. um, what? I'm gonna record a debut album with Eric. <laughs> you are? Yeah, Eric. Remember? Yep. We talked about it for a little bit. Okay. How's that gonna go? Um, it's kind of like if Billie Eilish and like Gwen Stefani and like had a baby. Wow, that's yeah, that's big. That's a big deal. And a little bit of like Ariana Grande, Whitney Houston, and Mariah. Wow. All the greats. And Gaga, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, are you writing the music yourself? Yeah, I'm a songwriter. Okay. Can we hear like a little sneak peek? Mm, no, she's no. not ready. She's not ready. No. Okay. Well, guys, look forward to that. I'm excited. Ew. <laughs> Could you imagine? What would you do? I'd be a little confused. I'd be like, all right. You're like, all right. Well. Good luck. Go stream it. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, anywho. Jen, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about a movie that has caused a stir in the horror community recently. Yes. We're talking about Miss Saint Maud. Saint Maud. So yes. this movie we actually saw together. We had a yeah. little movie night. It was pretty cute. Some conflicting opinions. I don't remember. I don't think you were a fan. I think I was bored. Jen was bored. Jen but also... I... Go ahead. Was... <laughs> The movie ended and she, like, you know, like, when you finish a scary movie, you, like, the ambience afterwards, like, you ha- you want to live in that beat for a minute, you mm-hmm. know, like, the scary music plays on the credits. Jen went straight home. She, she said, no, thank you. Not having any of that. 
I was like, okay, we're right out for the moment. I think I need to watch it again. So you do because I, spoiler alert, (laughs) I wasn't the biggest fan of St. Maude when we first watched it. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it it did some cool things, but I was like, I did think it was very slow. Agreed. Watching it again, knowing what happens in the end and seeing all the clues that lead up to like Maude's craziness, Mm -hmm. I thought was fucking stellar. And this movie, like, is it's it's a character study it's not like a scary movie like mm-hmm. i wouldn't say go in if you're like if you want like jump scares or any of that um but it's for those people it's for those pretentious movie lovers who i feel that who you know want to like live in that world and like go home and analyze like movies afterwards right so i would definitely say it's that yeah and then what true crime did you did you find Okay, so I had a hard time, but I found a good one, I think. I'm excited. Tonight, we are going to cover a naughty nurse. Oh. Her name is Vicky Don Jackson. I've heard of her. I haven't. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll go into her story a little bit later. Okay, but, but she's, she's naughty. She's a, she's a bad nurse, dude. She did some fucked up things. Oh, shit. I'm excited. Yeah, so it's a little bit juicy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else? There's been so many things that have happened. Um, oh, I took a, a screenshot of something. Okay, so I saw that the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that's coming out. There's another one? I guess so. God bless. Is bringing back Sally, the only survivor from the original film. So she's the girl that rides in the pickup truck at the end. Do you remember that iconic yeah. shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be with her, like kind of like a Halloween thing. Oh, shit. So that was cool. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm excited for that. There's so many new um, horror movies that are set to release now this year because oh, we're going to get the new Halloween, mm-hmm. um, Halloween Kills. I, I think, think that's what I, it's called. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, There's something else. Oh, if Rob Zombie's doing the Munsters remake. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. Eric is thrilled. Yeah, that, that that sounds like it could either be fucking amazing or, girl, why are you doing this? I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be dope. I, have, I actually yeah. really liked his remake of the Halloween movies. Me too. I mean, Rob Zombie is very toxic towards his women in film, and we won't go into details, but I'm hoping that you can't really do that with the Munsters because, mm-hmm. you know, She's an iconic female right. role, so right. maybe he'll learn his lesson in 2021. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, uh, TikTok has had all of our hopes up with Universal Horror Nights opening oh up again. Oh, my God, I know. So it sounds like that'll be open this year. Let's so hope and pray. God, if not, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll make our own. In, yeah. this, in this backyard? We should, like, a Nightmares and Chill, like... Oh my um, god! Like a like little sp- walk, like brought to you by Nightmares and Chill. Bitch, I'm down. <laughs> we'll um, raise money to pay for the new cord for <laughs> the <laughs> microphone. There might be a little buzz this episode from the people talking and from the equipment. See what I did there? Mm, little buzz. He's clever. He's a smart boy. <laughs> so speaking of that, What's shall that? we take our shot? Yeah, let's do a let's shot. Let's do it, sisters. We're gonna celebrate one year of nightmares, one year of chills. One year of, we won't mention it. What are we not mentioning? Corona. Oh, oh my God. One year of Corona. We started right before. We sure did. We were supposed to go to Knott's Berry Farm the release day of the podcast. and um, Tell them what we did. What? Tell them what we did. Oh, we went to um, the Natural History Museum? Yeah, for the horror for, exhibit. There was a horror exhibit. Which was a total. And that was one of the last things I did in public without a mask. Yeah. Which and, is so crazy. And they closed the next day. Yep. Remember? Yeah, and the lady was telling us that there was going to be like movie nights. Like they had a lot of spooky things. Okay, girls. Here's to another year. Another prosperous year. Of movies and true crimes. True crimes. And all the victims that all never the victims. get justice. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Did it go bad? Oh, fuck. Keep this one. No more. Yeah, that's grody. So we just took a shot of Deep Eddie's Lemonade Vodka. And this vodka went viral on TikTok for tasting not like alcohol. Which, let me tell you, that was like... Someone spit. Okay, she's a little dramatic. No, no, I'm just kidding. Jen, literally, her eyes are watering. You know, if you've ever seen Jen in person, her eyes are like eight feet tall, and they're like twelve now. It's crazy. That that shit. We need to toss that. I don't know. I'm like sweating. That almost killed you, dude. 
that was bad. That hurt really bad. I think I'm better now. I can talk more. Thank you for capturing all of that. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Okay. So we just took a shot, and Jen literally almost died. How are you feeling, girl? I'm not good, but we'll do this. I'm oh good. no. I'm good. It's good you're going <clears throat> first because I can't talk right now. Okay, so let's just jump right into the movie. So again, I'm covering Saint Maud, which is a uh, psychological horror film. Um, a British psychological horror film. So we love that, Stan. It came out in 2019 in Britain, um, but it didn't get a release date in America. It was scheduled for, oddly enough, April 10th, 2020, which is the day before my birthday. And I was very excited. I had been looking forward to this movie. And then it never got its release date because of pandemic. So it just recently got added to Epics, if you're an Epics subscriber. Mm -hmm. So if you have the channel on cable or if you pay for it so this movie was written or written and directed by rose glass who um before that had only done like really short films so this was her first like major um motion picture it stars morphid clark who uh again a british actress she um she was in that pride prejudice and zombies movie oh yeah, I actually really like that movie. Mm-hmm. So she's one of the characters in that. She plays Maud. And then um, the other main actress in this movie is, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Jennifer Elay. I think that sounds correct. Um, Jennifer Elay. she is a pretty popular um, American actress. She was in Zero Dark Thirty. Um, oddly enough, she was in the Pride and Prejudice TV uh, TBC version. Oh, she's in Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. Yeah. So she's a pretty popular woman. And that's basically, that's, those are like the two main characters in this movie. There's mm-hmm. some others, um, minor characters in this movie. Lily Knight plays Joy. Lily Fraser plays Carol. And that's really all you really need to know. Again, Saint Maud is, uh, Released in America through A24, so it has that A24, like, reputation for when a horror movie comes out. Oh, funny. I read that while you were talking. Oh, crazy. I have an A24 sticker on my water bottle. This movie was really short. It's, like, an hour and 24 minutes. I think it's runtime. And, yeah, again, this movie is very polarizing. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you about it. Let's do it. So the movie starts with our main girl, Maude also known as Katie, later on. So Maud is sitting on the ground of what seems like a hospital room in a state of shock. She has this blank expression on her face. Her hands and face are covered entirely in blood, and there is a dead body on a gurney hospital bed. We jump into the not-so-distant future, where she is a devout Catholic and is now working as a private care nurse in some little, like, seaside town Probably somewhere in London, Britain. Yeah. Okay. So her patient is a 49-year-old woman named Amanda Cole. She has stage 4 lymphoma cancer of the spinal cord, and she used, she has to use a wheelchair. So Amanda used to be a world-renowned dancer and choreographer and a minor celebrity, as Maude describes her. She's not the friendliest and is even referred to by one of her employees as a bit of a cunt. So oh. there you go. Love that. Um, the movie is kind of uh, told through like narration from Maud, um, done almost like a like a long prayer, and she's like the whole time she's like dear God, like blah 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 blah. She's like a Welsh. She's not British. She's like speaking in a Welsh dialect. So the the movie's completely told through Maud's eyes, mm-hmm. um, which is really uh, cool because you kind of get to see like what she thinks is actually happening, and that's the thing with this movie. So you know. I'm actually interested to ask you mm-hmm. um, if you think this movie is, well, well, I'll ask this question back at the end, but okay. I'll preface it by saying this movie could either go that all the events that are happening in the movie are real and it's like this whole crazy thing or if Maude is making it up and, and it's all in her head. So. Okay. so one night, Amanda invites a man named Richard over and instructs Maude to go out for the night. Um, and Maude kind of like in her narration uh kind of talks about how she you know would have been fine staying at the house but amanda must be embarrassed of her and Maud is a very like plain looking girl yeah no makeup no uh like uh her clothes are simple that's that's kind of like her thing i think the director said that they chose the name Maud because it's just so boring like Maud. so love that 
So she goes into town for dinner where she runs into a homeless man begging for change. She spares some change for him and blesses him, showing her saint-likeness right off the boat. Maude goes to have dinner at a diner, but is shortly called by Richard to head back to the house. When Maude arrives at the house, the two are in a lover's quarrel, and Amanda has made herself sick from drinking. She ends up vomiting, but Maude handles everything like a pro. She gets Amanda clean and ready for bed, and Amanda asks Maude to stay with her, expressing how she doesn't want to be alone. Amanda asks her some questions about her past, and Maude reveals that at her last job, she was just spread too thin. But that's all changed since God has come into her life, revealing that her religion is a new thing. She also reveals to Amanda that when she prays, God will sometimes reply, and that she feels him in her and around her. Oh, Jesus. Love that. Amanda opens up about her fear of death and how she wonders what her last moments will be, if she will be by herself. Maude comforts her and tells her that God will be there and that he won't let her fall. Amanda smiles and embraces Maude, calling her her little savior. Us. Yeah, truly. Are you Maude? I don't know. <laughs> Which one of us was Maude? I mean, I guess, because you'd be the talented one, like, you know. I don't know, though. I think I'd be, like, Maude, because I'd be the one, like, truly like grasping for like that last thing of reality i don't know okay 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 which is so sad <laughs> so while Maud makes her way back to her room she is overcome with what we believe to be is the holy spirit and it fills her with ecstasy Ooh. and when she has like these little moments she's like um like it's like an orgasm happening right um when you when you pray do you ever feel that well <laughs> I haven't prayed in a very long time. But when you did, did you feel it? No, not quite like that. Would you be scared? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's like an incubus. Ooh, love that band. Or a succubus. Incubus. What's the difference between that? The two of them. Isn't a succubus a plant? No, that's a succulent. <laughs> I think an incubus is a demon that like fucks you in your sleep or something. An or- incubus is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Look it up. Incubus, a male demon believes to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women. Okay, now succubus, look it up. Uh, succubus, a female demon believed to have sexual intercourse with sleeping men. Wow, I didn't know demons had genders. Me either. That's everything. I'm a little concerned by that. Yeah, like what? Okay, so that night she prays to God, harming herself in the process, which is like such a weird thing that like Catholics feel like they need to like harm themselves like in order to like be closer to oh, God or something. So I'll tell you right now. So Sorry. she covers the ground with popcorn kernels and kneels on them while she prays. So it's kind of like, imagine like laying on Legos, like on yeah. your knees. Oof. And she prays the entire time like that. Oh, I hate that. Did you ever like, I don't know if like maybe somebody's like one of your grandmas, like those little, like protectors for like carpets that like that were like plastic but when you lifted them up they had a yes. the little sharp thing we had it in the hallway here oh my god mm-hmm. why for, to kill us i don't know and like one time it was flipped upside down for some reason and i walked Ugh, across I, that dude. happened to me all the time oh my god it's, yeah. yeah my grandma and grandpa had that but yeah like i was a weird child and i always like like i was like modding <laughs> like i would modding. i would literally like put my hand on it until oh. like it hurt so bad she was a self-harmer. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I found Jesus. <laughs> okay, so in her prayer, she explains how God has sent her to save Amanda's soul so that when she dies, she may enter heaven. Okay. So, you know. I mean, that, the goal. That's her, that's her mission. Yeah. The next night, a young woman named Carol comes to visit Amanda, and Maude is reluctant to let her in, but Carol persists. Ooh, Carol. Carol. It's always lesbians named Carol. Have you ever watched that movie, Carol? No. About lesbians? It's a great movie. Wait. It's with um uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. I haven't seen it, and but I, I Runa Mart. Yes. The girl from the Dragon Tattoo movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. But it's ha- a great movie. I, ha- I want to watch it, it's but I so haven't good. seen it. It's like old timey, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And it's lesbians. Okay, so the next morning, Maude makes herself breakfast, and she sees Carol leave the house, indicating that Amanda and Carol slept together. So Amanda's a little freaky. Ooh. Um, and by freaky, I mean normal, because same-sex attraction is normal. And Amanda is attracted to all of them, because she had that little lover's quarrel with Richard in the beginning. Oh, right. So Amanda calls for Maude to join her in the living room for breakfast, Maude goes in and begins to pray before her meal. 
and Amanda shuts the TV off to let like Maude do her prayer. That was sweet. Yeah, very sweet. And then she joins in in the prayer as well. And Maude begins to say her prayer out loud, which she dedicates to Amanda, Aww. asking God if he can reach out to her. Maude then begins feeling the Holy Spirit, exclaiming in ecstasy in her little orgasm-like way. And Amanda begins experiencing the same ecstasy. I mean, that's a powerful Holy I mean, Spirit. What more could you want, you know? Yeah. Besties who pray together. Come together. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pray together, lay together. Pray together, lay together. Sorry. Welcome back to a podcast where we pray together and lay together. Ooh. We're going to hell. Trademark that. So later that week, Maude finds Carol again and immediately shows disdain for her. Maude confronts Carol the next day and asks her to stop seeing Amanda. She tells her that she knows Amanda is giving her money for sex and that it isn't right and that she needs to leave her so she can focus on getting her life back together. Amanda accuses her of homophobia, which Maude denies, telling her that she could have an eight-inch dick and she'd still tell her the same fucking thing. So, I mean, there's indications that Maude in this movie um, is struggling with, like, internalized homophobia and Mm -hmm. like watching it again there's kind of like scenes between amanda and her where you could tell like she's just really jealous of the relationship that she has with carol and that there's like you know like finger touches that like linger a little longer and Mm -hmm. i think that mod is dealing with that but in order to probably get into heaven and be a saint you can't have that same sex attraction right so carol agrees and mod asks her to not tell amanda she requested her to do this Later that night, Maude takes a nightly stroll and bumps into an old work colleague named Joy. Joy refers to Maude as Katie and gives her her number and tells her to reach out if she ever wants company. Also, during this whole like, conversation, Katie's like, how are you doing? You know, like, I and she makes a comment being like, oh, are you working now? Mm-hmm. And Maude is like, yes, you know, I'm a private nurse. And she's like, and they know what happened at your last job? And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah. So we know something bad happened. Right. We just don't know the extent of it. The next day, Amanda receives a call that puts her in a terrible mood. And we assume it's obviously Carol calling her to let her know that she can't see her anymore. So Amanda, in distress, asks Maude to put her to bed, even though it's only 5 p.m. Oh, love that. Maude, in an anxious state, goes to the kitchen and turns the stove on, and she purposely burns her hand on it. So, obviously, Maude has some sort of, like, self-harming issues or whatever, like, when she gets really anxious or even when she is in a, you know, bit of ecstasy, her initial thing is to harm herself in some way. The next day, Amanda is in a much better mood and asks Maude to go into town to pick up some stuff for her for a party that she's throwing because it's her birthday that day. Carol, uh, so Maude goes into town, gets some stuff at the party when Maude is preparing everything for the birthday dinner. Carol ends up showing up at the party and it completely throws Maude off. While at the party, a friend asks Carol how her and Amanda met. And while Amanda answers the question, she reveals to her friend that Maude doesn't like Carol. And she doesn't know if it's due to bigotry or jealousy. She then tells her friend that Maude told Carol to stop seeing her in order to save her soul. And while she's doing this, she's like looking at Maude, like kind of like mocking her and being like, I know like everything that you told Carol. Mm-hmm. And um, Maude begins to, like, leave because she gets uncomfortable. But Amanda demands her to stay and continues to ridicule her. Amanda's friends then mock Maude and place a napkin on her head to make her look like she has, like, a saint headpiece on. Amanda then tells Maude to loosen up and then makes a comment about God, which crosses the line with Maude, which leads her to slap Amanda at her own party. So, obviously, she gets ended up getting kicked out of the party, which, love that. Like... Truly. Bitch, it's your birthday, but I'm going to be the star. Truly. So Maude is obviously um, fired from that incident. And now she's like spiraling. Like she just seems completely unhinged. Mm-hmm. And she believes that God has rejected her and begins to spite him for it. So in an act of rebellion, she ends up going to a pub. She immediately gives a stranger a hand job in the bathroom. Oh, which I forgot I mean, about this. Mm-hmm, 2021 goals. Like. Put me in a club. I'm fucking everybody on site. Wow. Consensually, obviously. Wow. Like, I'm, he's going for I'm it. I'm going to fucking, bitch, if we don't, I don't care. Give me herpes, but just don't give me COVID. Oh, my God. Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. Our new merch. We loved it. Um, 
right after the um pray together lay together pray together lay together and are you scared bitch are you are you fucking scared bitch <laughs> everything um so she ends up giving this guy a, a hand job and like she tells him not to come but obviously he does because she mm. got them magic hands she got them saint hands She's them prayer it. hands like oh. she's been working on it she goes like this <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy <laughs> I'm going to hell for that truly we're going to hell for watching this movie mm-hmm. um, so then she ends up going back into the bar and if, if you can't tell Maud is a very lonely girl like she yeah. has no friends she has like just this job that she you know finally has somebody that she got to you know have companionship with mm-hmm. and it all goes to shit so at the par at the par wow at the pub um, she ends up seeing like a group of friends like at the table and they're all drinking and she like tries to join in and like oh, laugh at them and God. it's so awkward. I know. Jesus. But that reminded me of that one time in Hot Topic. <clears throat> I can remember I was laughing with Tyler and you're watching like you were next to customers, you're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like not even looking at you but she was hilarious uh, she's a comedian it was oh my god i was dying i wonder how tyler's doing i know i mean i'm sure he's doing well mm-hmm. anyway so she ends up going to the bathroom and calling joy and like invites her out to go to cook to come out tonight you know mm-hmm. um but she's immediately rejected did you like joy the movie the girl oh her friend, isn't her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you like her? I think so. Oh, yeah, I just want to see. I like her. Yeah, she's cool. We okay. stan. I thought you meant Joy starring Jennifer Lawrence no. about the woman who created the mop. What? Okay. <laughs> Jennifer it. Lawrence. That's Eddie's wife. I love her. She hasn't been in anything in forever. She's but she's done her time. She's done with it. She's got yeah. an Oscar. She don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I like Joy. She's cute. So... This causes Maude to have, like, a freak out at the bar. She then, um, oh, and throughout the whole movie, she keeps seeing these little, like, swirls, which I don't know if it's, like, a religious symbol. I don't remember. I didn't, um, but, like, she sees, like, a, a swirl in the sky, and, when oh, she, and like, yeah. when she's, like, um, in the kitchen, like, uh, she ends up, like, having, like, a nosebleed, and her blood ends up swirling down in the drain. Right. And then at the bar, her beer ends up swirling. Right. Oh, yes. So I don't know if that's like a if if that's like a thing in like religious. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know. No, I know what you mean. I don't know. I want to say no, but I should have looked that shit up. I know it's okay. So anyway, so that causes her to have a freak out. So she like ends up like moving back from her drink, and then she like ends up spilling a bunch of other drinks. Then she bumps into a man's, and he spills. She spills his drink and he kind of like laughs it off, and he's like, "Girlie, you owe me a drink." And then we jump right to Maude. She goes back to his place oh and i remember him they end up having sex and while she's writing him uh mod has like a flashback from when she tried to save her patient with cpr and um there we see the flashback of her giving the patient cpr which she ends up collapsing his lungs in oh. and killing him so she freaks out oh yeah that's connected to the nurse that i there's a little oh, lung sh- connection shit. i didn't realize that go ahead okay so Maude freaks out and stops having sex and this guy doesn't let her and he ends up raping Maude. So Maude returns home and asks for God to help her. Something seems... Oh, and so like, also, God in this movie is like... A, she sees God as like a cockroach. Mm-hmm. Um, In the beginning of the movie, after, when we see the when we open up with her at her last job, when she's like in a state of shock, she like looks to the ceiling and sees like a little cockroach on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the movie, this cockroach will appear. And so she ends up going home and seeing this cockroach, like go to like her little, um, she has like a little vanity that has a bunch of like religious cutouts and symbols and stuff like that. So she asks God for help and something seems to like possess her being and she ends up levitating from the ground in like a classic demonic possession style. Yeah. So the next morning, Maude does a little arts and crafts with a picture of a saint. Love that. And she pokes some nails through the card and places them in her shoes with the pointy side up. She places her feet in them and goes for a walk into town, which <sighs> is so gross. This movie, if anything, has a lot of... um 
like body horror or uh, like self harm. Yeah, like it's just really gross. Like there's so many times where she's like picking at like her wounds and uh, it's 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 nasty. Yeah. The next day, Maud uh, bumps into Amanda's new nurse at the pier, and she asks her. She ends up asking her questions about her relationship with Amanda, and the nurse is really nice. And she's like, "Oh, you know, like I actually really like this patient. That's that's why this job is so rewarding because you you know you form really good relationships." And this ends up getting Maud upset because um, she like was assuming that like Amanda would be like a bitch to this nurse, and right. she wasn't, and they're hitting it off. So she ends up just leaving mid conversation. Later that night, Maude is awakened by the voice of God. So you see the cockroach go into, like, the the vanity, and then, like, this little light shimmers, and then this, like, very deep voice in, like, Welsh ends up speaking to um, Maude. It's kind of like, hello, Maude. So he tells her that she must do one last test for him, and that if she does this, they will, t- they will be together truly. Ooh. So the next day, Maude is visited by Joy. So Joy ends up apologizing to how she treated Maude in the past and assures her that what happened with her patient back in the hospital wasn't her fault. And while this is happening, Maude looks out the window and um, takes the clouds moving as a sign from God. She thanks Joy and blesses her. Later that night, Maude goes to visit Amanda dressed in a shawl that she's made from her bed sheets and a rosary. So she looks very like biblical. She sneaks into the house and goes into Amanda's bedroom. Amanda looks very ill, so much more sick from when we saw her in the beginning of the movie. Amanda looks at Maude and ends up apologizing for her past behavior and, you know, tells her, like, I I should have been kinder to you. You didn't deserve that. Maude accepts her apology and tells her that God has forgiven her. She places holy water on her forehead, which Amanda refuses. And when she places it on her, you can almost hear, like, a sizzling sound. Classic. Classic. Amanda refuses it and tells Ma to snap out of it and that God isn't real. Oh. This did not make Maude happy. Ooh. Maude reminds Amanda that she felt God that day when they prayed together, you know, when they both had, like, orgasms. Orgasms. Mm-hmm. And Amanda tells her, girl, I was lying. I made that shit up. Oy, that's so mean. That but, is... like, how many women fake it, you know? True. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then um, uh, Amanda's face and voice like turn sinister and it's so scary looking. And she proclaims that she's the devil and that Maude clearly doesn't believe in God that much. That's why she's back here. That's, you know, she's like, if God was enough for you, you wouldn't come back here to try to make amends with me, you fool. And like, while she's talking, she's like, why don't you own some ownership for yourself, Maude? Like, it's such a scary little voice. And... She then ends up throwing Maud across the room, laughing and smiling demonically. And she, like, gets out of the bed all, like, with her body, like, contortioning and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And Maud fights back and begins stabbing Amanda repeatedly with scissors, Ugh. leaving Amanda for dead. Maud goes back home and cleans the blood off her body and then goes to bed. When she wakes up, she finds that she now has angel wings. Oh. Clearly, this is all a sign that she's on the right path because now she has angel wings so she killed the devil so god is happy with her she ends up walking to the beach in that same shawl and covers her body with acetone she proclaims glory to god to the crowd of people that have gathered around her Uh. in her last moments the onlookers kneel to the ground in awe as maude looks up to the sky finally getting to be united with god she gives a smile her body luminous and glow it is truly saint-like. And then the last second of the movie, we snap back to reality and reveal that Maude is burning to death, screaming in agony. Saint Maud. So, again, this movie is filled with so much information that, mm-hmm. like, we would literally have to have, like, another two hours to talk about it. Ooh, juicy. Um, but, like, some little... There's a lot of obviously um, biblical references in it that I'm just, I'm not aware of. Right. But reading up on it, plenty of people caught this and that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. There's also a lot of foreshadowing, like, especially in the script. Like when Amanda's talking to Maude, talking about her death, she's like, I wonder who will be there with me when I die. Little does she know she's going to be with Maude because Maude's going to be the one that kills her. There's also uh, a really cool, um, almost like this one scene 
um, that's repeated a lot in the movie where I don't know if you'll even remember this, but in the beginning of the movie, when we see Maud's um, dead patient, the patient is like hanging off the gurney, like in a weird pose like her hands are like down mm -hmm. and when Maud feels like the Holy Spirit for the first time her body contorts into that same exact oh, pose okay. and then when she's cleaning through Amanda's like going through Amanda's old stuff like mm -hmm. for dancing there's a giant poster and Amanda's in that exact pose Ew. And, and it's just like it's and I caught it and I was like oh my god it's like is that done on purpose and then when Amanda uh, oh, when Maude is doing some research on Amanda, like she dances into that pose. So it's like very, I was like, okay. So little stuff like that where it's like, you know, Maude is leading up to, you know, what evidently becomes her downfall. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what this movie, you know, the true, again, this movie's not scary. It's very, it's a slow build. Yeah. It's a creepy world that they set up. So you're very uncomfortable the entire time. But I wouldn't say that anything is truly scary. But then when you start, for me watching it the second time, I found it scarier knowing like what happens to this character. Mm -hmm. And again, it's truly a, a character study on, you know, this woman and her, you know, dealing with loneliness you know right. and i think that's like the true horror of this movie and how like loneliness can lead a lot of people and obviously there's like the underlying mental health issues you know and i think that when watching this movie it's easy to kind of you know you can either watch it that like this is all real and that like you know god is actually or you know not god but obviously this is not god it's like a devil of some sort an incubus yeah an incubus like having her go crazy yeah. but i think what's even scarier is that like if you watch this movie as mod dealing with trauma from her first job and not being able to handle it mm -hmm. or not knowing how to handle it so turning to a religion that just excuses so many things and for her, Maude is obviously dealing with some mental health issues, you know, literally hearing voices. Yeah. But yet, how many times is that, like, talked about as a good thing in religion? Like, oh, right. my God, God talked to you last right. night? Right. Like, what? Like, if that was anybody else, like, you'd be like, no, you're going to go to a shrink or right. you're going to, you know, going to do some study on you. But when religion's involved, like, it just glosses over so many things. So I thought it was a really, I don't know, I thought, the like, watching it the second time, I was like, oh, God, this is so ugly. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many layers to it. You know, there's the loneliness, and then there's Maude's internalized homophobia, you know, which is all just things that she can't handle. And I think that I saw, like, so many people, like, talk about if it's actually real or if it's going on and oh, um, or if it's going on in her head. But I think that the last second of the movie is like the payoff that like, no, it's not real. Like right. Maude is just, you know, fortunately she's lost her mind. Right. Um, right. But I'm interested. What would, what would you say? I agree. Um, the last second, I think like you just said, I can't say any better, but I think that just like, yeah, that paints a picture of what was actually going on. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think I need to watch it again. For yeah. For I, sure. I definitely recommend if you saw this movie like once and you kind of were not about it, I would definitely watch it again because it truly um I, there's some really great shots in this movie the and restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant shot is great. There's also a scene where like Maud goes to like the beach and like the the way the camera uses like colors in this movie it's it's so beautiful. It's kind yeah. of almost like a gothic look to it too. Yes. Like the house that they use yes. is really cool. It's very dark. Yeah. Like Amanda's house. Yeah. yeah. And when, you know, and I think the one time we only truly ever see color or like, you know, have like a different lens on the camera is when Maude finally feels like she's reaching out mm -hmm. to heaven and it's all like beautiful. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. So good. I would recommend it. Well, good job. Yes, man. Okay. Now. Oh, she's back. Now that I'm back and better than ever. I don't know about that. Like the fucking dinosaurs were back. We're back. The da a dinosaur story. This, Eddie, mm. is the story of a nurse, okay? Okay. I thought it'd be fitting because, you know, Miss St. Ma, she's, she's a, a nurse. Yeah. I had a hard time finding a case for this movie. I found really? one. Yeah. You, I thought there would be plenty of cases of, like, yes, people killing their patients. There is. Oh. And then nurses who do it, they're called angels of death. There's, like, a name for it and okay. everything. Yeah. I love that. But I found some and, like, like... The stories were obviously a little bit similar every time because it's kind of the same thing, right. but they just weren't interesting. Gotcha. And like then I found this one. Yeah. And okay. then I found this one and I was like, okay, this is a little bit spicier. Oh, spicy. Yeah. But it was kind of a struggle. 
but I'm it's sorry. okay. No, it's fine. I'm this is this is this is good. It's worth it. It's worth it always. So this is the story of Vicky Dawn Jackson. I know her. Do you? Mm-hmm. Who is she? So Vicky Dawn Jackson was the um eleventh sibling to the Jackson family. L- mm, yeah. That's her. But she didn't want to do music, so she's like, I'm gonna be a nurse. She's gonna be a nurse. Okay. So I'm done. The story's over. That's yeah. It. So like, long story short, she ends up. So okay. So you know Michael Jackson, right? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So you know him. that like the con- cons- conspiracies Ooh, that like the doctor that. killed him. Right. Well, that was because Vicky Don Jackson was like, "Look, I've had my time in the shadows." Vicky like, Don Jackson. I'm gonna kill my brother. Wow. And that is the story of Vicky Don Jackson. Thank you guys. Thank you Tune guys. We'll see week. you next week. Okay. Let's get to the real story, shall we? The fake story. The fake story. Sorry. So this story takes place in the month. I'm so sorry. Can I just? Yes. I, I, I need to get this off my chest. Go ahead. For all those people who have an Apple Watch, does your watch ever rudely tell you, bitch, it's time to stand up? Like. Girls at work get that. Well, because we sit all day. Yeah. I I don't. So I don't know right. why. And you know what? You don't. It always happens. I always get time to stand up. When a bitch is taking a shit. <laughs> like, oh I'm, my God. Like, no, I, I need to sit down for this Apple Watch. Stand up and then sue them. So annoying. Oh anyway, God. I'm sorry. I just got That's triggered. Okay. And That's okay. Sorry, Vicky Don Jackson. Vicky Don Jackson. That's everything. That's a great name. It isn't it? Okay. So, this story takes place in the month of December in the year 2000 Ugh. through February 2001. A great, great year. Yeah. In a small town in Texas called Nakona, it has a population of 3,200 people, a few stores here and there, and the highlight of the town is a Dairy Queen. Oh. That's I like mean, everyone's like go-to. Yeah. Dairy Queen's the one where they turn the ice cream upside yeah. down, right? Yeah. That's iconic. My dad used to work for Dairy Queen. Okay. So did Gwen Stefani. Okay, cute. Were I they, think they knew were each they other. Were they co-workers? Probably. Can you, what would you do? And he dad, would just like yeah, casually and he just one day, He's just like, oh... I'm meeting up to dinner with like an old coworker and it's fucking Gwen <laughs> Stefani. I mean, like, I'd be a little confused. I'd, I'd be, be so like, Gwen, <laughs> why are you friends with my dad? That'd be so cute. Leave that poor man alone. She comes to your house like with bananas and shit. I was just gonna say that because, yeah. and then she puts them like we make a banana split. Cute. Dairy Queen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we love this full circle. Wow. Okay. So Vicky moved to Nakona with her family from Indiana in the early 80s when she was 15. I don't know why. Were you trying to sing Taylor Swift's 15? I thought of her. Okay. okay. Um, they moved there because her younger brother had asthma and they wanted him to, live, got in asthma. A, they wanted him to live in a drier climate to help with the asthma. Oh. So Texas is a drier climate? Hell yeah. Mm. I don't know why I said that with the hell. Like a little, hell yeah. little Texas accent. Okay, Vicky's father worked as a shade tree mechanic. Do you know what that term is? I don't, a who? A shade tree mechanic. Okay. So like when you're giving shade to the cars, like yeah. boops, the bottom it off means, twerk. It means like a guy who works at, in cars like at his home. Oh. So not like a, like a professional. A shade tree? Shade tree. So I guess like under the tree, like. Like imagine just a guy working like at, at his house, like under a tree. Like. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what it means. Okay. I had no, I had to look it up. Wow. I was like, what? Yeah, a shade tree mechanic. Yeah, uh, her mother worked double shifts at the Nakona nursing home as a cook to help her parents with money. Vicky also got a job at the same nursing home, working after school in the laundry room. Mm. During her junior year, she was promoted to a nurse's aide. Love that spicy. Good. You can get promoted to that. You can get promoted to that. I guess it's that easy. Um, Vicky would grow up to work in the town's hospital, which was very small and would never have more than 15 patients at a time. Oh, what a time. Now you can't even get a fucking spot in the hospital. Isn't that wild? This hospital had 18 rooms, but it was, it was never full because the town was so small. That's crazy. 2000. 2000. It's because of good Charlotte. What? That's when they were really popping. Oh, yeah, 2000? I think so. Right? How old was I when... Actually, I don't even know. No, I think... Good Charlotte was a little later. Earlier, no? No. They were popping in 2000. No, you're right. I'm stupid. You're right. They were like my fucking... My life. It was not healthy at all. These are the chronicles of life and death and na-na-na-na-na. See, that album is when I think I stopped. (laughs) Well, yeah, that opening song was like... Is that 
I don't know if that's. I should show you a picture of my old bedroom. I have pictures of it. Of good, it's like good Charlotte everywhere. Dude, my walls were lime green, <laughs> and every space of wall was covered with a good Charlotte or Avenged Sevenfold. Like wow. everything, it was it was wild. And Guns N' Roses. Girl. I had a I had a whole wall for Slash and Guns N' Roses, and then it was Good Charlotte, and then Avenged Sevenfold. And here was kind of like whatever. Like okay. I think I had no doubt on this. It was a lot. That's everything. It was everything. So see, we had similar rooms. Mine was um, Harry Potter and then Britney Spears and Same. then Lizzie McGuire. Uh, twins. Mm-hmm. Twin rooms. Okay. So enough about my room and your room. Back to Vicky. Yeah. She, she's, back to Vicky's she's room. The, she's the star of it. So Vicky would grow up to work in the town's hospital, like I said. It was always Vicky's dream to become a nurse. Okay. After reading a book about Florence Nightingale. Have you heard of her? Yeah. You've heard of her. So you know what she is? She's a, yeah, she's a head bitch nurse. Yeah. She's the founder of modern nursing. Mm-hmm. I guess nurses, they take something called the Nightingale Pledge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward to the year 2000 to the town's Dairy Queen. <laughs> Vicky loved going to Dairy Queen. Bitch, me too. She would go there every day before her night shift, the local hospital, and she would order a taco basket. What's that? I guess it came with onion rings and tacos and a soda. Oh. Yeah. That's iconic. Yeah. She was a regular there and was very polite to everyone. She knew a lot of the employees because they had been past patients of hers. So, of course, in this small talent that eventually everyone just, you know, knows everybody. Right. So, in the hospital... Vicky was said to be a great nurse. She was passionate about her job and treated her patients extremely well. She did everything a nurse should do, and then some. She was known to be very caring towards her patients and made sure they were as comfortable as possible in her care. She always had a good attitude, even towards the patients that would lash out at her. So this is a quote from Barbara Perry, the hospital's director of nursing. She says she received compliments as a caring person. She did everything that was asked of her, and she never seemed upset about what she had to do. So changing bedpans, Love putting that. catheters, moving patients. So they wanted she to get did bed her stores. job. Yeah. She got her check, and she did not complain. True. That's a true. That hot topic. Truly. <laughs> Except to each other, we would complain. Except we complained every day. Yeah. <laughs> so... Being from a small town, Vicky often dreamed of a different life for herself. She was on the hunt for her Prince Charming as she saw that as her escape from this little Texas town. In her small town, women would often go to a bar called the Silver Spur to find a partner. The Silver Sperm? Silver Spur, like a boot spur. The Silver Sperm. Okay, sperm. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Vicky was often overshadowed by a girl named Lisa. This girl was like the hot girl in town. Lisa. And Vicky was like a little bit chubby. She was self-conscious. People like would make jokes about her weight. Us. Yeah. <gasps> I'm self-conscious of my weight. Don't say that. No, you're okay. Lisa. Thank you. No. I'm Vicky Don Jackson. I'm like in the middle. <laughs> I'm Vicky Don Jackson. I'm Vicky Don Jackson. Where my taco basket? Taco basket. Well, that my rhymes. <laughs> I'm Vicky Don Jackson. Where my taco basket? <laughs> okay. That's everything. Vicky had dreamt of having a romance, like she read about in books or has seen in movies. Bitch, me too. Me too. The bitch, dream girl. Me too. But her love life was a bit rocky. Okay. You can skip this part. <laughs> her, first, her first marriage ended rather quickly. Shortly after meeting a man named Johnny McLaughlin, she met at a like a game room, like billiards. Sarah like McLaughlin's brother. That's why Vicky Don Jackson and him got along. Wait, they who? Were Sarah McLaughlin? Oh, oh, no. Is that not her name? No, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, because right, right. they both have um, famous siblings that are singers. Okay. Vicky great. Don Jackson. You and, got it. You got Yep. The McLaughlin fellow. You got it. So she got married to Johnny oh, a few weeks after they met. Yeah. They divorced within that same year. Okay. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. She's killing it. When asked about Johnny, Vicky said, oh, it was just a teenage thing. I guess I married him because he was one of the first boys who paid attention to me. Fuck. A mood. But then he told me he was still on the rebound from another girl that he loved. Bitch, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Poor girl, man. All right. So her second husband, Leroy Carson, left her after they had kids. Oui. Piece of shit. Carson Daly's um, younger brother. Carson. Yep. That's him. <laughs> that's the one. Vicky met her third husband. Kirk. Oh, my God. <laughs> her third husband, Kirk, at a bar. 
Maybe the silver sperm. I don't know. Yeah, probably. It wasn't specified, but probably. He also worked in healthcare, and she felt this was like fate, giving her a, a man, a husband in her life. Why not? He soon started working at the same hospital as Vicky. <gasps> Can't make my parents. That's where they met. Uh, they both worked at the same hospital. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and my dad was like her boss, which is a little problematic I now. Mean, I've done that, but whatever. <laughs> Been there. Uh, okay, so she did not like her husband's work ethic, and she would often criticize his work. Oui. He would often spend time flirting with other nurses while Vicky was listening in. Oui. I know. Kirk would drink a lot and spend more time with his friends than her. Vicky grew frustrated with her husband and the thought of her free or her previous failed marriages. Um, she started seeing a therapist because it was becoming too much for right. her to think about everything. And yeah, hey girl, she better get get help. She was soon diagnosed with bipolar disorder. <sighs> I know. Her daughter Jennifer okay. asked her mother what bipolar meant. Vicky replied, "It means that I can kill you and get away with it." <laughs> okay, wait, iconic. Put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, truly. So her son Curtis and daughter Jennifer moved back in with their dad because they felt unsafe with her. Her daughter Jennifer said that before this diagnosis and everything, her mom was a completely different person. Wow. And she felt like it was night and day. Do you think, does she say like, does she think that she was using like bipolar to get away with more stuff? Um, She didn't say it directly, but I think it was was kind of implied. Yeah. But she just said, like, her mom did. It was just, like, a different How person. Scary. She felt uncomfortable. Like, that wasn't her mom anymore. How scary. Yeah. So now, let's get to the crime portion. Okay? So this is December 11th now. Still the year 2000. Mm-hmm. So her weapon of choice was something called my vicarium. My, my vicarium yeah. chloride. Yeah. This is used for anesthesia purposes. Okay? The princess? Yes. Okay. This was used to paralyze the muscles so that a breathing tube can be inserted into a patient. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So your lungs would freeze for a moment so the doctors could put a tube Mm -hmm, in your throat. mm -hmm. That would happen to me earlier. Yeah, literally. Jesus. Um, The effects of my vicarium wear off rather quickly when used properly. So once the tube goes in, the effects go away and your lungs are breathing on their own again. So it's meant to be a quick, like like, your lungs are off, then on. Yeah, exactly. If given too much, the muscles would stay paralyzed, which would essentially cause the patient to suffocate to death. Because oh, yeah. obviously your lungs can't breathe because they're just like on pause. Right. So, Vicky would soon claim her first victim, 100-year-old Donnie Jennings. 100. Donnie was someone Vicky knew from a nursing home. The one when she was younger that worked with her mom. Right. Donnie was known to have a temper and she used to hit. Vicky. She put my vicarium into her IV and then Donnie died from the lethal dose. Donnie dying at 100 of respiratory failure didn't seem strange to anyone because she's so old. They're like, oh, like her lungs are just, they just stopped. They gave out. She's done. So no foul play was suspected. Donnie's granddaughter was confused and told Vicky she didn't understand how her grandmother was dead because she was fine earlier in the day. She was smiling and laughing with her. She was totally normal. And then Vicky told her, oh, Jolene, life can be so hard sometimes, can it? Hey, Ursula. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was the first one. Ten days later. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Vicky would claim her second victim, Sanford Mitchell, a patient who would slap her butt and call her fat ass. Oh. You don't do that. No. So December 24th, she killed Boyd Burnett, 87 years old. December 29th, James Gore, 80 years old. My God. Mm-hmm. Um, so January 7th, John Holder, 65, and Dorothy Jean Vanderberg, 78. Four days later, JT Nichols, 80, and John Walter Williams, 78. January 24th. Oh, my God. Oma Avelia Glenn Weiler, that's a name, 95. January 30th, Orvel Moore Jr., 82. And this one, a little rough. Uh Uh-oh. February 4th, Everett Preacher Jackson. Jackson, sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay. He was 91 years old. He was Vicky's husband's grandpa. Oh, fuck. So during um, his shift, uh, her husband's shift, they were working together, she broke the news to him that his grandpa had just died. He was obviously confused. He was like, he was just fine. What do you mean he's dead? She's like, oh, he passed away. 
She attended his funeral and even made a potato salad for the occasion. And she asked the family if she could do anything to help them during this tough time. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So these are just the confirmed victims. Yeah. The total amount is unsure. And remember that girl, Lisa, I mentioned earlier? She tried to kill her, too. Oh, my God. So Mm -hmm. she was straight up a murderer. Yeah. Like a serial killer. Yes, exactly. So it's confirmed that Vicky murdered 10 patients at the hospital, but most likely killed another 10 and attempted to murder five more. Holy shit. Yeah. That's like a little nurse ratchet. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All the victims mentioned had to cross Vicky, Vicky at some point or had a connection to her. So, like the grandpa, right. Lisa, the guy who like grabbed her ass. Right, right, right. Somebody in here, I guess, was the mom of a daughter who turned her son down. Oh, shit. shit like that. Like they all had a connection to her. But, like I mentioned, she was this like nice, sweet girl. Everyone knew her, so they would never think it was, you know, she was doing right. anything. So, with all these deaths occurring, the hospital blamed it on being cold season and that it was common for elderly patients to have a hard time during the winter months. Mm-hmm. Pharmacists alerted the hospital that vials of myvicarium were missing from the crash carts, but nothing was done. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. The night shift workers were jokingly nicknamed the killing crew. Oh, my God. Nothing was done. And specifically, no one looked at Vicky as being responsible for her patient's death, even though she was always on the Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Like, how, she was always a nurse present. How do you not present. put two and two together? Right. Right. Or even, like, look into that person and, you know, yeah. I guess, though, like, in those hospitals, like, people die pretty frequently. Yeah. But, like, in a small hospital like yeah, this, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. You said there's not even, like. There are, like, 15 people at once in the there. Hell? Yeah. What worked in Vicky's favor was that there was no autopsies performed because they all just assumed they were dying because of cold season and because they were like older patients, stuff like that. And none of them had like um, life threatening illnesses or nobody. Nobody was like super ill. It wasn't like anything crazy. One guy just had like a broken leg. So it wasn't like, you know. Okay, so the small town was also taking notice of the increased number of deaths. The Dairy Queen would provide paper plates and cups to those who had lost family members in the hospital. I'm guessing for, like, services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They started to run extremely low on supplies. Mm. The flower shops and the funeral homes were breaking sales records. Oh, my God. To the point where they thought it might be time to expand businesses. One funeral home had to buy another hearse. Damn, they got the budget. They got the budget. The local newspaper also took notice and had an increase in the amount of obituaries they were publishing each week. It went from three to now six or seven. Damn. Mm-hmm. So obviously something was clearly wrong mm-hmm. and the hospital handled the situation very poorly. It wasn't until a hospital orderly went to the higher ups of the hospital letting them know that he could not find any myvicarium. With all the patients dying the same way from respiratory failure, the orderly knew something wasn't quite right. Right. Something's not clicking. Right. Finally, the hospital realized that someone internally was killing their patients with myvicarium. Investigators were brought in and eyes were on Vicky because she was present for every death, like we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. They just didn't have any evidence against her to arrest her or, you know, question her or anything. But suspicions were confirmed when Don Lee, a patient about to be released, was discovered um, by Vicky, by Vicky, by Vicky <laughs> to have trouble breathing. She rushed to the nurse's station to alert the other nurses that he died okay. out of nowhere. Right. And he was totally fine. He was had to be released. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. So they're all like, what the fuck? Then they're all like, dude, she's the one who's been doing it. Right. Soon after this, family members of the deceased were coming out saying that Vicky would confront them in a very calm, weird way. Mm. And that she always said, like, oh, I know what you're going through. But very, like, right. too personal. Like, no, right. you, no, you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a 61-year-old patient who survived Vicky's attempted murder was able to tell authorities that Vicky put something in his ivy that made him feel <gasps> ill. And he's able to recognize her and everything. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So, soon after this, her trash can at home was searched, and they found syringes used for injecting myvicarium. Myvicarium. Vicky was arrested in July, and in October, her trial was set to begin. But just before jury selection began, Vicky stood in front of the judge and quietly told him that she wished to plead no contest to the capital murder charges. 
The judge sentenced her to life in prison. Vicky said in a 2000 interview that even though she pled no contest, that does not mean she's guilty. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So, Vicky is still in prison and has hopes of working in the prison's hospital one Shut day. Shut the fuck up. And that is a story. Of Icky Vicky. Of Icky Vicky. Vicky Don Jackson. Vicky Don Jackson. Doug Dimmadon. Dim 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 Dim. That is wild. Yeah, Shit. Dude. And that's that. I've n- have you heard of her before? No. Like, she's a straight-up serial killer. Mm-hmm. Like, and there, there's a TV show. It's called Nurses Who Kill. And mm-hmm. there's, like, series. She did an episode about that. Oh, really? Um, It hasn't been covered much by podcasts. Yeah. Like, a little bit. Um, But there's, like, there was a really big article I read about it. Okay. But she's pretty quiet. And I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised that, like... kind of wild. Yeah, that would be, like, a great movie. Yeah. Or, like... I agree. I thought for sure I would have, like, known about her because mm-hmm. of my parents. Right. Like, my whole family work in hospitals. Right. But, yeah. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, damn. Well, Eddie, I have a little treat for you tonight. I'm excited. So, a while ago, I asked for listeners to submit, like, personal paranormal stories. And we have one. Wow. Did we get this in the email? It was sent to me directly. Oh. Yeah. Someone I know, but still, okay. yeah. Kind of juicy. It has to do with a very iconic boat. Very iconic what? Boat. Okay. Queen Mary? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm excited. All right. So it was my friend, Shirtson. says, the only time I've ever really had experienced something paranormal was in 2010 when I spent the night on the infamous Queen Mary in Long Beach. My ex and I got a room over the weekend, and it was in the lower deck of the boat. And while walking down the hallway towards our room, it was eerily quiet in the hallway, lined with doors. Love that. We got an ex involved, already spooky. Yeah, truly. We finally reached our door and entered the room. It was dimly lit um, with a small wall-mounted lamp in the door and mirror. There There were no windows. The bathroom was really the only source of bright light. I noticed there was a corner in the room near the right side of the bed that was just darker than the rest of the room. Ew. And of course, that was the side I ended up sleeping on. Of course. Right? I know. I slept well that night, except in the early morning hours around 4 a.m. when I was woken by something touching my hair. Ew. I felt it start from the tops of my shoulders and stroke down the length of my back. Fuck that. No way. No. I froze wide-eyed staring into the dark before screaming my ex's name and shoving him hard to wake up. He switched on the dim light and the bathroom light, but there was nothing in the room we could physically see. I had goosebumps all over and could not relax, so we left the room in our PJs to go watch the sunrise on the other end of the boat. Okay, cute. Yeah, romantic. After a few hours, we went back to get our stuff for checkout and booked a guided ghost and legends tour. We had some time to kill before the tour, and we were exploring the area of the boat where the chapel and ballroom were located. We peeked inside the ballroom. It was empty except for a few tables set out, and I wandered inside to get a better view, and my ex kept walking down the hall and out of the boat. When I noticed he wasn't with me, I exited the ballroom and walked down the short hall. While leaping over the threshold where the boat and the outside ramp met, I heard a faint female voice say, Stop. Don't go. Ew. Fuck that. I looked back behind me, but there wasn't anyone in the hall, so I took off running. I was extra nervous to do the tour now, but I actually enjoyed learning about the history of the Queen Mary and the ghosts that haunt the children's playrooms by making toys moves, ew, <laughs> such as the rocking horse, the ghost that haunts the pool with her wet footprints, ew, ew. and the young man who was crushed by the boiler door. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When the tour ended, we were near the downstairs engine area. We were allowed to walk along the middle ramps around the equipment. As I was holding onto the rails, I was down on my hand and saw there was red liquid on my palm. What? Yeah. I called to my ex to look. He just looked at my hand and confused and said, what? And I looked back at him to see the liquid was gone. No stains or smudges, just gone. What the f- A few years ago, my sister and I went to Queen Mary during their haunted harbor and one of the mazes we were in came to a complete stop. And while the group in front of us was waiting in this really creepy area, all eight of us started to stare at the same spot on the floor and it got really cold. My sister and I kept looking back and started to freak out because we felt this presence, but we couldn't see anything at the end of the ramp or in the dark corner. Ew. And that is her story. Ew. Ew. That is so scary. Yeah. 
Holy shit. Would you ever stay Fuck at the that. Queen Mary? I want to. I want to, too. I think it'd be so fun. We should record an episode there. We should, We totally Let's should. Do it. Is it open? Like, probably not mm, now, probably but, like... now, but you can. Yeah, I remember I wanted to do that for a birthday. I wanted oh, to, like, cute. have, uh, like, a sleepover at the Queen Mary, but I think you were, like, the only one who was, like, down. Oh. Everyone else was Eric. little... We're down. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Let's do a chill do party. It. Let's do it. Oh. That'd be so cute. But yeah, that was her creepy ass story. I don't like it. Me either. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a that was a spicy story. Mm-hmm. Well. Agreed. Well. All right. Well, that was another that was uh, a a year episode. That was our year episode. I'm sorry that you almost died. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay now. You're okay now? Yeah, it's just like little like, I don't know. Like my body keeps twitching randomly, but I think- She, she can't hang. I'll be okay. One year of drinking. Yeah, And truly. that is alcoholism, folks. <sighs> here, here we are. <laughs> um, I was going to say, oh, we have a giveaway coming up. We do. So be on the lookout Um, on our Instagram. Yeah, we have some pretty good stuff. Yeah, we're Nightmares and Chill on Instagram. Yep. Nightmares Chill on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't, guys, please, if you like us babbling about spooky stuff, please leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Like, it does so much for us. Um, and even comment. Like, you know, yeah. uh, we would love to, you know, Let see Let us know your thoughts. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Happy one year anniversary, bitch. Happy one year, Eric. Ha- Eric. Happy one year. So we couldn't crazy. have done it without you. Literally. Literally. Let's go for another year. And then I'm tapping out. Yeah. Yeah. Done. I'm done. If this isn't blow open this year, I'm done. <laughs> Just, I'm saying that right now. <laughs> done. Yeah. So that's that. All righty. Thank you guys. You can follow us. Everywhere at Nightmares and Chill, just look it up. You'll find us. Yep. Um, email us at Nightmares and Chill if you got any inquiries or other spooky stories yeah. like that one that just came up. That was crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Bye. Bye.